Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is iFanboy Special Edition Legion of Superheroes. Hello, welcome to my fanboy special edition, Legion of Superheroes. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and the Animated Brain Trust has reconvened. We've got Paul Montgomery. Hello. And Dr. Reinhaupt. It's me, Stretch Too Thin Boy. <laughs> and we are here to discuss the latest DC Universe animated original film, Legion of Superheroes. Latest, it came out, oh, well, it depends on how you, you get it. If it came out on disc a couple weeks ago, about four weeks ago, and it came out to rent digitally last week. So we are here now to review it. Paul, what's the, what are the stats on this film? All right, so uh, this is the eighth in the Tomorrowverse line of movies, mm-hmm. but it is the 281st, can you believe, <laughs> of the DC animated feature-length films. There's been a lot of them. There's been many, yes. Many films. So there'll be spoilers if you haven't watched it yet. And we've um, reviewed all of them. We've reviewed all of them, every single one. I missed one. I missed one episode, but actually, which was the first uh, of these. I missed the That's Superman right. Tomorrow. The Superman one we did... It was like me and Josh and Ron and Gordon, the intern, because we didn't really know what it was. And it was, you know. No, no, no. The first Tomorrow verse. Oh, the first Tomorrow verse. I thought you were talking about all these, these uh, films. Yes. No, the first Tomorrow verse one was just me and, me and you, Connor. That's right. Yeah. The Superman one. That was a good one. It was a good one. Anyway, this was directed by Jeff Wamster, who has done three of these films. He did Green Lantern, Boom, Boom, My Power last year. And he did Justice Society, World War II the year before. Written by Josie Campbell who is a TV and comedy writer who also wrote The Power of Shazam. No, no. The New, New Champion, Champion of Shazam. Of Shazam. Comic book series this past year. I uh, forgot what that book was called. So she's she's been in the DC world a little bit. And it stars the regular voices from the Tomorrowverse in some small roles. Jensen Ackles as Batman and Matt Bomer as The Flash. And Darren Chris as Superman, as well as a bunch of newcomers for the new roles here as... The film opens. The title of it is Legion of Superheroes, but there's a giant S shield over it, and I laughed because it's not a Supergirl film, even though she's the star of it. It's called Legion of Superheroes, but they don't get their own logo. They have to have Supergirl. It there. seems odd that it's just. Well, we'll talk about it. I mean, I, I mean, let's talk about it because it is interesting. Legion of Superheroes basically hardly any kind of name recognition amongst the wider general public. There was a Legion of Superheroes cartoon briefly, but right. Strange they didn't call it Supergirl and the Legion of Superheroes or something like that. Which is, wasn't that a cartoon show also? There was Superboy in the Legion of Superheroes. I just found it funny that on the title of the film on the screen, it said Legion of Superheroes, and then the S-Shield appeared. And I was like, well, that's not their logo. Right. And part of this felt to me, maybe until it got a little bit more ambitious as it went going, but it felt, I was like, this feels like a pilot. Mm. It feels like the start of either a a series of movies or like 
this would be like the hour long premiere to an animated series. Yeah, I think I, I think I picked up on that in a different way, Paul, because I felt like the thing that I was maybe the most impressed by in this movie was the level of restraint in like building out this Tomorrowverse universe, because it felt like they're actually doing it, you know, slowly and with purpose, not just throwing everything at the wall. Right. And I think that that kind of speaks to the same observation you made. I think yours is probably better put. But and it's, it's a shame about the Legion of Superheroes because they have a great logo. Yeah. So the film opens with with Kara on Krypton with her mom and they're they're you know having mother daughter time right as the, like basically the day of Krypton's destruction. It's basically a mini Kara slash Superman origin in the pre-credit sequence where she gets shipped off in a ship to Earth. Of course, we know they don't really say it on the, in the film, but we know that her her shuttle gets damaged. We see it get damaged, but it, that means it takes longer to get to Earth and and of course her cousin Superman. Yeah, the actual her. traversal from the uh, Krypton neck of the woods to earth is the like title sequence. Right. And so that her cousin's ship you know, laps her in space and he gets there before her and grows up before she even gets there. So then we, you know, we have the little Legion of superheroes slash Supergirls logo title. And then present day where Supergirl is helping uh, fight Solomon Grundy in Metropolis. This threw me off because she's dressed like she thinks earth people would dress right. to go to school. But like, the way it's designed, I was like, did she land in the future? Like, well, that, was like I was like, where, yeah, where it's very and when Metropolis are Metropolis City of Tomorrow style. Like it, 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 yeah, it looks more futuristic. And and I think that is consistent with the way that it's portrayed in yeah. the Superman standalone movie that began the Tomorrowverse line. True. It's just, it's, it's a jump from where she was. And she, it's not like we don't see her land. We don't see her meet Cal. We don't see any of that. We, she's starting off her life in metropolis and she's got a sideways baseball cap and but like the, it looks i was like are we in like batman beyond like are we like, like are well, we yeah, yeah, way even the, the other pe- citizens of metropolis yes. are dressed is yeah, like we, a weird shirt on like it was yeah, weird shirt. like the collarless like so, yeah the, my question watching it was how long has she been there because the, the whole joke is that you know she destroys a building in a in a or she damages a building in the course of fighting Solomon Grundy and the guy who owns the building is all mad at her. And she's like, well, just have your robots fix it. And I was like, did she just land? Like, how long has she been on Earth? All she's got to do is be there for a couple of days before she realizes there are no robot servants. Like Unless she's been in the Fortress of Solitude where there are robot servants. Does he not have TV? Like, yeah, he must it's have told odd. her about life on... Never seen a TV in the Fortress of Solitude. I mean, they, they know, people know her. Like, people weren't like, who the hell are you? They knew she was Supergirl, so she must have been there long enough. Although I, d- I do like the conceit, at least, that she's used to living in this very advanced society. Yes. And then, any- and like, sometimes that gets like put under the rug or like just forgotten, or it's, or it's not emphasized in other Supergirl origin stories right. where it's not just that she's a fish out of water. She's also like a fish out of time almost. So it's. She's, she's like the Dowager. She doesn't know how to do anything for herself. <laughs> <laughs> and so Superman and Batman decide that the best thing for her to do is to go to the future and train with the Legion of Superheroes in a world that is I think more Batman technologically advanced. was suggesting that they kill her. I think <laughs> he's well, like, she's dangerous and she shouldn't be here. Like, I don't know if you would just wanted to like, can't you send her to your phantom zone or something? And, <laughs> but like Superman's like, Hey, what if I've got this baseball from my time with the Legion of, of superheroes that I can throw up into the air and it opens a portal. That was kind of a cool. Yeah, it was you know, cool. That was a cool effect. And I like that he had to throw it. Yes. It couldn't just like open the portal. It was like he had to toss it into the sky. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Like it's like something you feel like, you know, like the giant key that only he can use to get into the Fortress of Solitude. Like right. 
Well, and it looked it looked cool the way that it activated too. Right. I, I, yes. It was a cool visual, sort of reminiscent of you know. There's just like Josh's favorite storytelling device where Kara gets you know out of sync in time with her cousin, her baby cousin Cal, and uh, the way he like throws the ball and it opens up into a portal is also reminiscent of that interstellar thing where like a wormhole would actually be a sphere in space, not a circle in space. Mm-hmm. So you throwing a ball, kind of, I don't know. It worked. I thought it was cool. Yep. I mean, so then she goes to the future. She is brought into like the Legion Academy, basically, with all the new Legionnaires training. She meets super cute Monel. Who immediately is like, I love Krypton. I love their whole conformity thing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. File that away. <laughs> so for... Picking up on some, some fashy vibes from yeah, Mono right away. Like, I, didn't, hey. I didn't catch that. Good, I, didn't good either. I didn't either. It was very weird because he's very cheerful about it. I love I love Krypton's whole vibe, the, the conformity. and the Yeah. I was like. So she goes there and then there's a whole situation. So, I mean, on the whole, I liked this. It wasn't great. It wasn't like, wow, that was amazing. But it also wasn't bad. Like, I enjoyed watching it. I had fun. Parts of it have already left my brain when it's already. I only watched it twenty four hours ago, so it's it's not like going to stick around. It's like, well, that was really great, but I also like I had a good time watching. I never I never like drifted away attention wise. I thought some of the things were fun. They did. I continue to enjoy the um, visual style of the Tomorrowverse. Yes, yes, it's very clean. I like the thick, heavy lines. I think I liked how how to how to say this how um, how how dowdy Solomon Grundy looked. Mm-hmm. He wasn't jacked, that's for sure. He wasn't jacked, no. He looked a bit, he was lumpy, but um, he did look dangerous. And I was like, oh my God, they gave Solomon Grundy a gun. <laughs> like, right. That's a neat idea. In terms of, I think if this were a pilot and they hadn't gone all the way with the Brainiac stuff, like Brainiac Prime, not not Brainy, but right. like, I feel like there's like there was potential there to like do continuing stories. The, the thing that's frustrating is, this is one of the worst depictions of Brainiac I can think of, and we've seen a lot of them. What do you mean worst? I think... And which Brainiac are you talking about? There were like four of them. The original Brainiac. Okay. The big bad of this movie. Brainiac. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Brainiac. When you build yourself a, or have your minions build mm-hmm. you a body of your old clones, you're basically cannibalizing your old clones to make your new Frankenstein body, don't have yeah. their faces... <laughs> functional so they're able to think and speak independently and argue with you i kind of liked it because it was so weird and creepy which is so unusual to these films but for someone other than brainiac brainiac is supposed to be smart (laughs) (laughs) i like that it's something different and refreshing but that seems like a really dumb move for brainiac sure i mean this movie when it goes hard it goes hard like brainiac and his former clones ripped himself apart. People get murked in this movie. Yeah, like, yeah. it's brutal. There's a brutal death of who I thought was Dream, Dream, what's her name? But it was, it was Duplicate Girl. I thought it was Don Triplicate, Star, but it, triplicate it, Girl, yeah. Oh, yeah, she ends up being Duplicate Girl. But it was a pretty, <laughs> pretty brutal body shot of her, like yep. half, half charred body. And I was like, oh. Yep. There were parts glowing still of her from the embers. People get shot and yeah. they, oh, the, um, in the beginning when the, when they break into uh, Star Labs. Mm-hmm. And they, they oh, all yeah. have the red Krypton guns, mm-hmm. um, red Kryptonite guns. When they shoot people, they like burn alive. They didn't even let that guy finish his donut. Yeah. <laughs> the Supergirl got shanked with a Kryptonite knife. Like it was pretty surprisingly brutal film because mm-hmm. it was pretty lighthearted for the most part, you know, until the violence. Yeah, it's, kind of, it's kind of a teen romp for most of it. Yeah. 
But I, I mean, that's kind of what I liked about it. It kept going in unexpected directions. I mean, on the whole, I thought it was fun. I always like seeing the Legion, even though I'm not a huge Legion fan. I always like the idea of the like Legion. Like the idea and, of them, but in execution. There's always a million of them, and that was the shot at the end where they all show up. And I was like, wow, there's a, there's a lot of there are people a lot. here. Yep. Yes. <laughs> so we, we really only focus on the the new kids in town, which is like Bouncing Boy, Arms in- Fall Off, Lad. Right. Invisible Kid, Triple Good Girl, Dawnstar. Shadow Lass, Arms Fall Off Boy. Sorry, and those are the ones that she's sort of living with, and and also Monel. It was funny because I was when I was like loading the disc into the player, I was like, why did they make this movie? And then I realized, oh, you know, the cover is Supergirl, Monel, and Brainiac, and those were like the three main characters on the Supergirl TV show. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. That's why they did it. So this this film is a lesson for any of anyone watching it. It's that you never trust the charming jock. Who's adopted your family's last name for himself. <laughs> you yeah. always trust the awkward weirdo outcast because he's really got a heart of gold. And so that's what happens in this movie. We find that mon is, is is the bad guy, which I was pretty surprised they made such a major character change in a movie like this in a shared universe film. I've never seen him depicted as anything other than heroic, if not flawed, but heroic. Right. And then it mm-hmm. turns out that Brainiac 5, who she was suspicious of because of obviously the Brainiac connection, uh, turns out to be a hero and her love interest and her new boyfriend at the end. They never mentioned the Daxamites, which is Monel's race. Are you know he mentions like not liking kryptonite, but kryptonite doesn't actually affect Daxamites. Daxamites are affected by lead. Lead right. is their kryptonite, which is why when Clark originally shows Monel his shard of kryptonite, he reacts the same, but he's reacting to the box the kryptonite's being kept in, not the kryptonite itself. Right. They never they never bring that up in this movie. Hmm. Yeah, well, there's a lot there's a lot going on. <laughs> Sorry, just my just my deep cut Daxamite lore. <laughs> No, that's that is interesting, and I think um, Brainiac continue. Uh, I'm Brainiac sorry, five Brainy, Brainy continually okay. reminded me of like a Spock, particularly yes. how they've been depicting young Spock in various things, like the Kelvin verse, and then also uh, in um, Strange New World. It's a fun dynamic for an ongoing story to tell more stuff to maybe develop that stuff over time. Kind of cool, but as you know, as a standalone thing, I wish. Like if if it were an ongoing, I wish we could see more of the future because we're just at this isolated school. Right. Like we don't get to see how the rest of the world is going. We're just at brainy school for gifted youngsters. Right. Right. Interesting uses of all the powers. I thought the whole thing with brainy creating the, what are we calling it? The kinetic or the armor that, you know, the more times you hit it, the more, you know. Strong stronger. gets or, yeah. or stronger it gets, or more dense it gets, and then she's able to, you know, kind of go under him or like make it weigh so much that she can just tip him over under right. his little dome of stuff. Look cool. Yeah, there were fun things. I really liked arms fall off lads. You know, use of his power at the end when he throws his arm, grabs the thing, comes back. Thought like it was like almost like a whip, mm-hmm. uh, or like Inspector Gadget. You know, it was like he could toss his arms; the arm could actually independently could come back to him. It was a way of grabbing things and. That was cool. I never seen that before. That's the fun thing with characters, like like when you have mutants that are like weird mutants, mm-hmm. or you have weird Legion of Superhero characters where you have off kilter powers that don't have to sustain a monthly title. Right. You can do like really weird specific things and get smart with like how they combo their powers together, and so that's always fun. No appearance of Matter Eater, lad. So no, no. Well, he's a full fledged member. 
that was the one part I, I admit that, you know, I had a little bit of a hard time keeping track just because I don't feel like they were the actual Legion members weren't animated to be that much more adult looking than yes, the correct. trainee members. So it was a little hard to keep track of like, wait a second, who's like a trainee at the Academy and who's like an adult or right. who's a full fledged Legion member. They didn't, they didn't have rings. Yeah, I think, I think what Paul said is accurate. It's like they didn't do a great job of establishing the world, even inside the training facility. It was like, you know, who was that again? And what was their like, and who are they? And who's the commission of Legionnaires that aren't trainees, but, look like tra- like you're right they all look the same age so speaking speaking of that confusing. big um youth pastor vibes from timberwolf <laughs> you mean the the wolverine of of the legion i think he would like to be called that <laughs> i think he is always <laughs> like to be called that i don't think but... you grow your facial hair out like that unless you're trying to get someone to call you yeah that's Logan. that's a, it's certainly a, a look Paul, you, you nailed it. I didn't think about it, but when you said it, it immediately made sense. It felt very much like a pilot. Like there was a lot more they had to do here because it wasn't super well balanced. You know, for a film called The Legion of Superheroes, it was a Supergirl movie and it was hardly about the Legion at or all. Or like, was it originally intended to be and then they turned it into just a standalone movie? You're always curious, like, what was the brief on this, you know? Right. And so... It, well, it feels to me like the brief was, this is a Supergirl and the Legion movies, which ties into the characters and the themes that they did in the live action show. Mm-hmm. And by the time it was done and came out, the live action show is long gone. And for some reason, whatever reason, they, they took Supergirl's name off it. That's what it felt like just from watching it. So it was a Supergirl movie. She opens the movie. She's the main character. She's in most of the scenes. You know, the Legion is sort of her background material. Which is unfortunate. It was, just wasn't Supergirl. Yeah. My thing was, so Superman is the responsible one. He's going to leave her here in the future. And I was was like, is there no talk of like communication between the two? Did you see the post credit sequence? Yes, I did. Okay. So that was, that was crucial. <laughs> yeah. And I almost didn't, I almost like stopped it during the credits because it, it's, it, a, it's not a mid credits. It is a full no, post credit sequence. Yeah, that's, that's what yeah. they do on this. But that, that's totally also not totally unusual in the comics and other places. He's sort of just sent her away to the future. Yeah. Even his son went and lived in the future with no way of communicating them. You know, Jonathan, I think my, maybe my favorite and like, I think the most successful comedic part of the movie is when she's orig- initially not so sure about joining this Academy. And then after she meets Monel, she's like, Goodbye. Way into it. She's like, yeah. Bye. See you. And like, just the, I don't know, the expression on her face, it just, it really plays the comic yeah, time. Yeah, Donnelly, who good. was the voice of Supergirl, was, did a really good job. She, she did. I, I, I like yes. her portrayal a lot. Mm-hmm. She had great um, range of emotion. She, she was funny. Harry Shum Jr. was Brainiac 5 in, in a role that very much felt like they were trying to ape what Jesse Rath did on Supergirl, who was a really good and had a really unique and interesting take on the character. And they felt like they were trying to sort of do that kind of thing with him. Your Lowenthal was Von Allen. He was good, but there wasn't a lot to play with, I think, otherwise with the other characters. They were I think they were all fun. I, I mean again, I liked I liked it. It's just at the end of the day, it was like maybe my feeling of it being sort of unsettled, Paul, is from what you said, is that it felt more like a pilot than a complete movie. Ryan, tell us what happens in that post credit sequence that you could totally miss, <laughs> but like yeah. Maybe you should definitely watch that part. It's basically Cal and Kara FaceTiming through a you know through a time portal. Yeah, and uh, her, her, she's updating him on her adventures, and then she introduces him to Brainiac Five as her boyfriend, which is I thought a cute sequence where yeah, it was. 
Brainy's super nervous and she's very assured of herself in her relationship in front of Cal, which was cute. But then they, you know, Cal hangs up, says, I gotta go back to being Superman. And he and Batman are standing in front of a giant smoking crater in the middle of, I guess, Metropolis. I think it's Metropolis. I'm not sure. I guess so. But then they, they either get boom tubed or Zeta beamed away. Well, there's a giant smoking hole in the ground, much like the one that they're standing in front of. So it doesn't feel like it's a Zeta beam, but who knows? Well, but then, yeah. So like, there's a beam that comes from the sky and it leaves a smaller smoking hole that has taken well, Batman. Superman runs to, to block the beam from hitting Batman. Right. And to protect him. And then they both disappear. And when I knew we were you know, recording today, I was starting to think of the movie again and what we we're going to talk about. And I was like, oh, what was in that post-credit sequence? I don't remember it. Oh, right. Batman Superman died. Right. <laughs> like visually they get vaporized. Yeah, like, right. they, so you're like, huh. And then like, that's it. And so I would maybe put that as like a mid credit sequence. Like, <laughs> that feels important. Which is interesting because clearly they're setting up. They talked about that before. There was you know, something was coming, right? They keep saying that something is coming. Right. I mean, you don't think it was either a boom tube or a Zeta beam? I don't know what it was. I, I had both of those thoughts. But Zeta Beans don't usually leave a smoking crater in the back. You know? No, and yeah. Neither do boom tubes, really. It's more of, oh, I see. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'm looking ahead. So right. the next Tomorrow's film is Justice League War World. It's got to be whatever that is. They just got zapped to War World. So you're, so you're saying it's some kind of beam we have never even heard of before. Yeah, maybe some kind of War World beam that we never even heard of before. <laughs> it's, so, a, it's a new kind of beam. Yeah, so it's... Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, so they got zapped to War World. That's what it was. So, and this is, and plug your ears or fast forward if you don't want to, but like Mongol is listed for this if you didn't pick that up from the title. So, I don't know, seems like too soon to be directly related to the action comics recent, run. Yeah, which is, I've enjoyed that. There have been several War World stories, yeah, not sure, just Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, uh, but like, and usually when they adapt things, they do like a, pretty significant twist i feel like well, that's having their... batman with him is a pretty significant twist <laughs> right or in the whole justice league also yeah wonder woman martian manhunter john stewart green lantern the flash are all listed for this so the gang's all here so i guess those other heroes maybe that'll be the beginning of that is they will get caught up in i guess they're not all dead then i thought they killed superman and batman thought it was a nice twist <laughs> the, at the end of the day i don't know there's a ton to talk about with this it was more like it was Fun. It was cute. I don't want to say cute to be derogatory. Like, like the romance was fun and cute. Yeah, it's just like it's got that you know Riverdale kind of teen. Vibe it's teen, to you know, it's, teen. It had romance comedy vibes. You know, they start off right. as enemies, yeah. they become in love with each other, and and uh, someone tries to kill them, um, and they overcome that. And it's it's the jock in the school. Mm-hmm. Never trust the jocks. Never is what the message of this film is. Look at who's telling the story. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> who benefits? bono. <laughs> I um as a supergirl film, I thought it was fun. I kind of wish it was more of a Legion film. You know? Mm. Like if you're gonna do the Legion, do the Legion. Maybe there may be just do Legion sans any super person. I don't know that the Legion has like a, a stacked roster of villains. I feel like they're usually up against the science police and the whatever you know, butting heads with the United Planets. Right. It's, it's dark side. You know, it was more like Supergirl with Brainiac and Monel, plus a few in the background, and then the rest of the team shows up in the final scene, and you don't even talk. 
or one of them talks or two of them talk. So it was, it was not really a Legion of Christmas movie. No, I mean, they, they like, they reference, you know, there's a hologram of Saturn girl and Superman talks openly about having, you know, a friendly relationship with her, but like, we never see Saturn girl. We never I think we see maybe a couple of the other founders. We see them like, at the end. They show at the, up. At the they, very, they, oh yeah. And, and they immediately hire them. <laughs> like It's like, I forget if it was like cosmic boy or it's one of the, it's cosmic boy, the and, upper uh, ranked and lightning like, lad, lightning lad. Yeah. They're like, we just landed here, but all You're of all you hired. are officially hired to Legion of Superheroes. I think there's a gold lantern in there. That's interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I would like to be debriefed on what happened first. <laughs> yeah, I mean the clearly Ryan is the team from the Legion of Superheroes book that just came out with the Brian there's Bendis the, one. The, the gold the star, lantern. The star man who has the mental issues. Yeah. Looks so, like maybe that looks like they might even have a um oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the Kirby. who's the Kirby uh OMAC. Looks like they've even got an OMAC on the team. Gotta have an OMAC. You have the benefit of looking at it right now. I, I am looking at it right now. That's true. So yeah, I, I mean, I think this is fun. If you've been watching these movies and you like, you know, it's it's a fun time for eighty three minutes. But you're you're right in that it's fairly forgettable. Somewhat, yeah. Like I totally forgot about that. I literally was like, oh no, I hope one of them remembers what happens in the post credit sequence, and then later on I remembered it. I would say you could safely wait and watch this when it comes to HBO Max, but I don't think it's safe to assume that anything is going to come to <laughs> HBO Max or is right. going to stay there. Right. They seem to be farming all of their content out to other places so they can make money that way. For tax purposes, this will be streaming on Tubi only. Right. Question. You mentioned this earlier, Paul, the, the art style. I, did like, I do love this art style with the heavy black mm-hmm. lines. But they didn't do it for her hair. Her I hair had no heavy black lines. It gave it texture. It was mostly okay. There's a couple of times where like it was like whipping around and it would black lines would appear and disappear. And I was like, this is an odd. I will say that her hair bothered me far less than her mother's hair, which was like a brain. (laughs) It was like a weird. Yeah. It was like a a brain sack. Right. Instead of like, it wasn't a bun, but well, I guess it was sort of like a beehive bun type thing. But from an advanced society in outer space. So it looked like, you know, uh, like a parasite of some sort. (laughs) But also, Also, you know, you talk about the Monel thing and the conformity and everything, fascism. Yeah. I'm worried about where Kara would have ended up because she was on just like hardcore military track in the beginning before they were. Yeah, she was doing the, the, the Soldier's Guild or whatever it was. Wasn't she? There was a whole thing. I'm trying to remember um, New Krypton. I feel like she was going but bouncing between different guilds and stuff in the yeah. comics or yeah 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 yeah. when yeah. when there was like a another planet on the other side of the sun from earth where zod had set up a yeah. Kryptonian society. yeah i don't i don't Krypton. remember yeah and i just Kara mean and i don't that. i don't mean just like because she was in the military in general but i'm saying like ultimately you're going to be under zod and then like is she going to be like well i think you know? they've, they've often positioned her as more as sort of slightly more tough and rough not tough mm. but rougher than superman well, she's, I mean, I think, you know, like uh, in terms of, you know, in, in the year of 2023, we're all collecting our traumas and her trauma is clearly of losing the planet is much more distinct and acute than anything Clark remembers from being a little baby. Right. right I even mentioned that yeah. briefly here as where she's, you know, she, she hasn't dealt with the fact that she was, she, everyone she knew is gone and everything. She, But also, if you look at the most recent comics, the costume redesigns, she's, she's wearing a pretty severe tunic situation. <laughs> so maybe that's deep down, she's a Zodist. Also, I mean, her mom, I guess, designed those skate pods like yeah. for maximum trauma. Like <laughs> they're facing backwards and like. Not enough room so that if you get jolted around, you don't crack your head, get a 
Kryptonian concussion and get knocked out. And also just designed to have the moment of, you know, touching your hand to the glass so, you know, the other person and can and you watch the planet explode as you like. Well, that's what I was also wondering because, you know, the whole thing, you know, is Argo City. Argo City was saved from the explosion. Some of her family made it back. So that's a whole other level of what she deals with. And I kept sort of waiting for the city to be extricated from Krypton, but not in this world. I was waiting for like a beam to land on her mom as she was like like zooming backwards away from her. <laughs> it was just like just the ultimate just be- and, but yeah, she does hit her head and like she's out. Do we know down. where on Krypton Zod is from? I don't think we have Cleveland. Cleveland. Oh, that makes sense. I'm sure they've explored it somewhere, but yeah. <laughs> is there anything more to talk about? I don't know. I think it was fine. It was fine. Yeah. I guess, do we think we'll ever see this version of Supergirl again in the Tomorrowverse? Yeah, possibly. In the Tomorrowverse. Everyone's sort of mm. turned up again some way. I mean, it's hard to say, you know, never. Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know. I would like to. I always like Supergirl. She's fun. Yeah, especially if, you know, she appears in any other kind of, you know, live. I mean, we know she's in the Flash movie, but beyond, you know, whatever Tim Gunn has planned. She's, well, there's going to be a Supergirl movie. Whatever Tim Gunn has planned when he tells DC Tim to make Gunn it has, work. He has uh, straight lines and clean design plan. <laughs> Uh, James Gunn, there's a Supergirl movie in his initial slate, so there's a good chance we'll see here another animated film. I'm curious whether the Supergirl from, or it's it is super, it's not Superwoman, it's Supergirl in the Flash movie. I guess we'll have to wait and see if she's going to be the Supergirl in the Supergirl standalone movie, or if that's a different. Yeah. My guess is that's all gets wiped away. Hmm. That, I, yeah. That seems likely to me. Okay, yeah. I wouldn't get too attached to anything. That's why, uh, it's going to be weird to talk about. Like, well, didn't they also? I mean, yeah, haven't they been? Hasn't it been kind of an open secret that they've completely reshot the ending to that movie? So that's the rumor that they've reshot the ending. Yeah, my my guess is all that stuff is is gone. She's the Supergirl of the Snyderverse, which you know, I think they're going to put in the rearview mirror. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the next one is Batman: The Beginning of Gotham. It's based on the uh, Mike Mignola story. When we'll talk about that when it comes out. It comes when we'll review it. It probably won't be until. It'll be in April just because we have to wait till it comes out on digital, even though I think, Paul, you're going to buy the disc this time. It's just that we have this particular time of year, we've got a lot of special edition shows and we try to put more than one out a week. There's a lot of films coming out and we have other things. So it's going to, it's probably not going to be reviewed until April, beginning of April though. It'll be early, but it's going to be a while till we get to that one. This is not a good time, guys. <laughs> I mean, are you you're, you're saying you're tired of talking to us? No, it's just there's a, there's a lot to, to schedule here. They usually spread these out. Why they did this to us, I don't know. If we were not consulted, no. we certainly would have recommended that you space them out a little bit more. Just <laughs> exactly. When is World World going to come out? You know, is it going to be in nine months? They haven't even announced that release time. Oh, so summer. summer. But that's, you know. Does that mean there are going to be four films this year? Also, in, in 2023, what, what is summer? What does that mean? That's summer true. where? Summer right now. I was, yeah, I was going to say, you were talking about penguins because it's February. I didn't see winter this year in particular. I don't know what you're talking about, Paul. I don't know where your winter was, but mine never quite showed up. I saw a couple different seasons this past week. It was nearly 80 degrees today here in D.C. It's hot. Roker has a lot to answer for. That's what I mean. All right, so we will be back to discuss Batman, the Doom that came to Gotham in about a month. You may have heard that already. We don't know. Yeah. We may have, <laughs> we have already talked about that. You may... Wait, Paul, are you suggesting that this episode somehow got off course and didn't yeah. arrive in their podcast feed until after <laughs> Doom Decay right. was exactly. already in their feed? Wow, that's trippy, man. That's, trippy. that's true. 
It was what this podcast's time? destiny and responsibility to take care of and, and, and lead you into <laughs> the next podcast. But everything changed. Everything that's went off course. That's heavy, man. Across the streams. We got hit by a rock in space and got... Yep. Yep. Well, but until then, you can obviously listen to our Pick of the Week show, which me and Josh Flanagan, sometimes Ryan Halpas, and then special guests, even Paul sometimes, talks about the week's comics. As I said, we're in the midst of tons of special edition shows. We have our Media Splode show, our Talk Splode show, our Book Splode show. We have our Ant-Man review came out that Paul and I did. We have a Shazam review coming out. It's all kinds of stuff happening right now. It's a very, very busy time. I think eight weeks in a row with special shows. We're it's an exciting right time. Now. It's a yeah, fun, exciting. sexy time. <laughs> Exciting is one word for it. Scheduling yeah. nightmare is another. So we'll be back as the animated brain trust for Batman, the Doom that came to Gotham in April. Until then, I'm Connor. I am and always shall be, Paul. Are we not going to do ratings? God damn uh, it. Three, <laughs> three, three and a half stars. Three stars. Three twelve. Three point two five stars. I know. I was I, watching it. I was like, I'm not super enjoying this, but there's nothing offensive about it either. And I was so I was also wavering in like a three three and a half range so i think 3.25 is a good sweet spot lock it in we're agreed 3.25 so there you go there's your ratings (laughs) so see you next time bye bye stretch too thin man does it again